Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Chris Lehman and Drew Blevins. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of The Howler. I'm Drew Blevins. Chris Lehman is off this evening as he is with the Garner Trojans at the HighSchoolOT.com basketball tournament. So I am joined instead by Logan Sims in our traditional set being the West Dunn Building in Raleigh, North Carolina on the campus of North Carolina State University is not where we are seated tonight. Instead, we are literally one block away from Bank Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, as we are here preparing ourselves to cover the Belk Bowl. Logan, this is a huge opportunity for us as a station, for us as people, but I think it's fair enough for our first question of the day to just be, what does it feel like to be down here in the atmosphere that is Charlotte? Well, Drew... I live approximately 25 minutes east of Charlotte, and it's just being in the city today with you and your family has uh, has really opened my eyes to what a what a gym I've lived so close to um, in in my 20 years of of how long I've lived in in my house, and it's just it's amazing the entire day from the moment we got here this morning to media day at uh, BB&T Ballpark until about probably eight o'clock tonight it just seemed like this entire we might as well have been in mississippi because everybody i saw had mississippi state clothes on that, that maroon and white and thankfully you know after dinner it seemed like the nc state wolfpack fans started to come out and i can see that there's a lot of excitement building it was great to see that because we were when you know, were eating dinner and we saw the carolina game and everybody was cheering when carolina was losing that was showing how much nc state uh family was out there so it's it's been exciting and i've, I've enjoyed it so far and I'm sure I'll continue to, and I'm, I'm honored to be here today with you. Well, we're certainly glad that you were able to fill in for Chris's shoes, at least for this one week. Logan, of course, is our producer, who is not always necessarily on the microphone, but is certainly one of the most integral parts to the success of the Howler. It's an extended edition, as we said, from Charlotte, North Carolina, at the Belk Bowl. And, you know, you look at this matchup, Logan, and I think it's fair enough to delve into our coverage right now. The Mississippi State Bulldogs, an SEC team coming in with an 8-4 and four record, NC State out of the ACC with a 7-5 and five record. And there are a lot of people who sort of scoffed at the matchup when you look at it initially because it is an SEC team that does seem to have the advantage every single time they play against an ACC opponent who is not Clemson or Florida State. But just, first of all, your general impressions of this matchup and who does it favor, and what are we looking for out of this ball game? Well, I think if, if just the common fan looks at this game, they're going to say Mississippi State's going to come in here and probably blow out North Carolina State by at least 13. Uh, sorry, not 13. Three touchdowns is what I meant to say. Three touchdowns. But, you know, uh, I can't remember the exact name of the of the cornerback uh, that we spoke to on Mississippi State's team, but I mean, he put it um, perfectly, and I'm sure we'll get to this later, but he basically said, you know, it's just where you are. It's, it's a geographical point on a map as to whether or not you play in the SEC or the ACC and I agree to that to an extent I mean the SEC is the ACC of you know as far as basketball or football so definitely some more uh competitiveness in the SEC but um I, I still think that a lot of people are looking at this game and and surprised that NC State got into it and not giving the Wolfpack you know a chance and I I, I highly disagree with that I mean I might be a little biased but I think the NC State is going to come into Bank of America Stadium tomorrow night and put on a show especially with Jacoby Brissett at the helm you know he's not going to want to go out with any kind of blowout because you know I mean yes we've had uh, the Wolfpack have had some ugly games this year but they've not gotten really blown out besides the first quarter of the Carolina game. Um, 
they've played hard and they've played tough and and there's a lot of senior uh, seniority on this team a lot of big leaders especially with the the injuries I just I am excited to see how this game goes for the Wolfpack. Tavis Calhoun was the cornerback that we caught up with for the Bulldogs and you're exactly right that is what he referred to was that ACC SEC the, the quote was is just the location on the map and we're going mm -hmm. to hear his exact interview here shortly but this segment of the Howler is going to be dedicated to the way the Belk Bowl bills itself, the way the NCAA is billing this bowl, the way ESPN is billing this bowl, and that is ACC versus SEC. So we're going to hear a couple of quotes from both sides, the Bulldogs and the Wolfpack, on that exact topic. Is Does it really matter? Is it a big deal that you're playing against arguably the best conference in all of collegiate football in the SEC? Does the ACC lay claim to possibly being able to contend against the Southeastern Conference? And First of all, we are going to hear from Tavis Calhoun. You want to be guarding an outstanding receiving core, one of the more underrated ones in the ACC, but the more potent offensive threats, Jacoby Brissett. What looks are you going to be giving him to make it challenging to throw to his receivers? Uh, we're just going to uh, go out there and just play our regular game plan. Uh, we know it's a good quarterback, know it's a lot of playmakers, so I, I think our biggest thing is uh, you know, just uh, doing, what you're, doing your job every, uh, every down because, uh, like you said, you got a lot of playmakers. and. Uh, we just know if uh, we don't do what we're supposed to do, they could burn us, and uh, we don't want that to happen. So uh, we're just going to go out there and uh, try to play disciplined football, and uh, I think that's uh, pretty much our game plan going into the game. Now, the offense has been the major storyline going forward. Dak Prescott, Fred Ross, the list goes on and on. But can you build up the defense for us? What are your strengths? Uh, our strengths, I think, uh, just um, our chemistry. I think we work good, good together as a, a unit. Uh, you know, we had a lot of young guys. We had a mixture of older guys and young guys, uh, so a lot of guys first time playing. So, but I think we gelled together. You know, I think we brought it together, at, you know, as a whole. And uh, I think uh, this year has been successful. You know, we did a lot of things that a lot of people didn't think we would do. So, um, I think that's the uh, the best thing about our defense is chemistry. And uh, we love playing together. You played a tough SEC schedule, eight and four, very successful season. What's it like now having to come up to Charlotte and play an eight? CC school. I don't look at titles. I don't look at conferences. Uh, no, they're a good football team. Uh, they can come in the SEC and compete, uh, just like we did. Uh, so, SEC uh, and SEC really don't mean anything to us. Uh, it's just uh, just your location on the map. So, <laughs> so basically, uh, you know, I, I'm not looking at them as an SEC school. That was Tavis Calhoun, the cornerback for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, a senior playing in his final football game as well. And, Logan, that's exactly what he said is it doesn't matter. NC State could just as easily crawl into the SEC and compete. And do we find that to be a legitimate claim? They compete. Um, I don't think there would be a lot of pretty games. But, you know, I think if even with Dave Dorn at the helm and – if, say, Jacoby Brissett was still a quarterback, say they'd slipped into the SEC this year, I think that it would have been a tough year. Um, I would not be surprised by sub-500 record. But I think they'd compete. I think they'd, they'd stick in the games that, that people weren't expecting them to. Well, it's interesting because that is coming out of the mouth of an SEC player, and that's a lot of respect given to the NC State Wolfpack, respect that they haven't necessarily gleaned even inside of their own conference from teams like Clemson, Florida State, and even to a degree North Carolina, all three of whom they lost to. But now we are going to hear from Dave Doran, who is going to add a little bit of edge to that SEC versus ACC billing. Here's the coach of the Wolfpack. Well, I think just because we recruit against each other on a lot of players, um, you know, and, and – as far as this side of the Mississippi, you know, there's a lot of very, very good high school football players who get recruited by the ACC and SEC teams. So that conversation comes up quite a bit uh, in homes and in high schools about conferences. And so anytime you can say that you played one and beat them, it's not going to hurt you, you know. And 
for us, this is the first opportunity I've had since I've been here to play against an SEC team, so look forward to it. That's Dave Doran, the head coach of the NC State Wolfpack. And, you know, he makes it sound like this is a little bit of a big deal, especially when you are considering that there is a little bit of a recruiting pipeline issue, Mississippi being a southern state, North Carolina being a southern state. They're drawing from at least a similar uh, a, a similar group of high school players that they have to pull their next crop of talent from, mm -hmm. which is interesting. So that certainly legitimizes and galvanizes this game, but does it add that much more spice to what this is? I think it does. Um, you know, he he mentioned that uh, it's his first SEC matchup as a coach at NC State. I think that that added to the fact that it's on Bank of America Stadium's field. It just it it makes this look like a huge. I don't know, like a huge birthday cake in front of like a five-year-old child that like they have this amazing opportunity to go in and show the nation what he can do with the team. And especially going forward, would you get Jalen McClendon at the helm? I might be overly optimistic, but I think Jalen McClendon is going to do big things. You know, he's a big 6'4", almost as big as Jacoby Brissett quarterback. I think that Coach Dorn wants to win this game and just show the nation what, what the NC State Wolfpack can do, especially going forward. And this offers us a great opportunity to talk about something that Dave Doran has yet to get here at NC State, and that is a signature win. I mean, he does have a bowl title under his belt with a Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl win against Central Florida last year. But even at that, that's an American Athletic Conference team. That's not a Power 5 opponent. He's not beaten Clemson. He's not beaten Florida State. He's only beaten Carolina once, and that was when Carolina was only a 6-6 six and six team. He doesn't mm -hmm. beat a ranked North Carolina when they come to Raleigh this year. That's a concern for a lot of people who are near and dear to the Wolfpack fan base, that he doesn't have a key win. And he mentioned it in that comment, saying this is his first opportunity to play against an SEC opponent since he's gotten here. If the Wolfpack are able to win this game, does this fit the mold for the key win that he's been looking for? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it does. And, you know, taking my mind out of, a, out of an unbiased broadcaster and just putting myself into, the, into my shoes as an NC State fan is – you know, he came in here and they struggled mightily his first year, three and nine. You know, okay, it's not his players. I understand that. Well, he turns around his second year and leads us, leads the Wolfpack to a seven and five season, uh, Bitcoin uh, bowl win, and one of the biggest turnarounds in all of college football from year to year. Well, we turn around this year. I think everyone, including myself as a fan, was expecting so much more out of the season. I, I think easily you can take that that Louisville win. Um, uh, loss and turn that into a win. And Virginia Tech, yes, it was at Lane Stadium on a Friday night, but I think that that was a variable win, a very winnable game for the Wolfpack. Um, I just, I, if I'm Dave Dorn, I think this is almost a must-win game. You know, going into next year, if I'd be worried if I was him if if I can't turn around and have an eight and four, nine and three year because you don't have that signature win, and especially if they can't, if the Wolfpack can't find a way to beat North Carolina next year, because because. Uh, Yao does not play around. Debbie Yao does not play around. She wants those signature wins, and she wants the wins against the uh, the biggest rivals. So if he can't find a way to go eight and four, nine and three, and beat Carolina, I I would honestly be worried about his job. Just because yes, he's he's led us led the Wolfpack to a couple of winning seasons, but he's not gotten that signature win, and that's a huge thing in football. I can totally agree that I do think he is going to be a little bit on the hot seat next season because now he has turned in back-to-back -back winning years. But it was a 7-5 and five season that got Tom O'Brien fired when Debbie Yao took over. And you wonder, is that good enough? And in her case, I, I don't think it is. And we talked about this 
really a whole lot earlier in the season on some of our other analysis shows, the biggest and most key stretch is going to be your ACC opener at home against Louisville, Friday night against Virginia Tech, and on the road against Wake Forest trying to exercise the demons at BB&T Field over in Winston-Salem. Tough loss to the Cardinals in a game you really didn't get anything going. At Lane Stadium, you take a 10-0 lead and blow it because mm-hmm. the offense stalls. And then finally, something just clicks against Wake Forest. But you only go 1-2 and two in that stretch. And if you look, if NC State is able to sweep that, which by all means they should have been able to do, they're a 9-3 and three football team. And then you are looking at possibly a top 25 ranking, certainly garnering votes in the polls, setting yourself up for a whole lot better billing against Clemson and North Carolina, perhaps a little bit more added confidence that could have turned the tide either direction. And then you do wonder, is it a Belk Bowl destination for your team? Or are you able to hop North Carolina and go to a Russell Athletic Bowl in Orlando? The Belk Bowl is nothing to sneeze at, especially looking at the fact that there were two 9-3 and three teams here last year in Louisville and Georgia, both ranked in the top 25. So this is a Tier 1 bowl game, but there's something about it this year that a 7-5 and five team who arguably shouldn't be in a Tier 1 bowl game is here. So I think when you say that he has a lot to prove and this is almost a must-win, I think you're absolutely correct, and I think that makes a lot of sense. One of the biggest things that NC State has had going for them this season, of course, is their offense, and that is something they have really prided themselves on all season long. That's something Mississippi State has done well to boot, and we are going to hear from a couple of the key offensive players from the Bulldogs and the Wolfpack here in our next segment. First of all, we're going to go to wide receiver Fred Ross of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, one of the favorite targets of Dak Prescott, and a little bit about his offensive plan, and he's also going to talk about what could be some sloppy conditions tomorrow. Between you and quarterback Dak Prescott? Yeah, um, that's like my brother. We're, so, we're close um, off the field as well as on the field, so I mean, I think that connection kind of translates to on the field going to be some slick wet weather tomorrow. Have you ever thought about the difficulties that are going to be there passing the ball, catching the football in the passing game? Um, I mean, there's definitely, you know, a little bit um, of difficulties, but we know what we got to do. And um, I mean, this isn't our first time playing in the rain, so we're just, we're just going to have to focus on, focus on the ball and just make the plays happen. You're playing against a secondary core with Justin Burris, Jack Tocho, and Mike Stevens that has had very hot and cold streakiness to him. What is your game plan to be able to beat that secondary? Um, I mean, it's just really going in any other game. Um, I mean, we're going to do what we do. And, um, I mean, whoever makes the big plays, that's, going to, that's who's going to come out on top. So, um, like I said, it's, it's all about focus. It's all about focus for Fred Ross, and I think that's a very – true quote. I think that's a fair thing to say because it is going to take a lot of focus for both of these teams to win the football game, but we're talking about a Mississippi State team that has an outstanding passing attack with Dak Prescott at the helm. Fred Ross, a very speedy receiver. Deronia Wilson is going to be on the opposite side as the number two. Those two really interchangeable for the top wide receiver position. That passing game is of concern because NC State's secondary has not been the strongest at times, and that was one of the questions that he spoke to is the fact that Yes, we know that. We know that we're going to have to continue to use the aerial salt to beat them, but you cannot overlook the fact that there are a lot of seniors and upperclassmen on that defensive secondary. But when you get right down to it, Logan, what does the passing game do for Mississippi State in this football game? It's going to determine the outcome of this game, I think. I think that as we spoke of and as you've spoke of with uh, – excuse me, with um, – what was his name? I'm sorry. 
with uh, Tavis Calhoun. With, uh, with Tavis Calhoun, you spoke of the of the conditions of the the rain. It's, I mean, granted, it's dropped some uh, from ninety percent chance of rain to seventy, but if it's if it's a downpour and it's mud, that plays into the hands of the wolf pack, in my opinion, because you don't have to worry quite as much about the passing game for the uh, for Mississippi State, and you can run your offense because the NC State offense is all about running the ball. One of the most balanced offenses in college football the last couple of years since Doran's been in town. But uh, you know, if if it stays dry, if that Prescott can get his hand a good grip on the ball and his receivers can can make those catches can stay focused as as his receiver said then it's going to it'll be a long night for the secondary for the Wolfpack if 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 they haven't made improvements in the month since their last game hopefully as a Wolfpack fan they they've made the improvements and the adjustments that they need to do to be able to make the to do the to create coverage and deflect passes and close off the routes before Mississippi State can really get on the roll because if not, it's going to be a long night if you're an NC State Wolfpack fan. Well, it's been a much maligned secondary for NC State as well, and rightfully so. They've gotten torched through the air playing against most of the big teams, against Clemson, against Florida State, against Carolina, even though Carolina opted to go on the ground attack when nothing seemed to be working for the defense. But you look, Justin Burris came in, and he has played critical roles in some games over his career here at NC State. You look at Jack Tocho, who has essentially become the third-string cornerback now because Mike Stevens has stepped up, and it seems like while those names bring a lot of authority to the secondary positions out there for NC State, something's just not quite clicking. And I, and I think it's also uh, fair if we mention what's going on here with guys like Hakeem Jones and Josh Jones at the safety position because they're they're trying their best. They're making plays at times. It's a matter of consistency, and I think that's the biggest worry you have. We were able to catch up with Justin Burris, a cornerback for NC State, and here's what he had to say about his coverage assignments that will be Fred Ross and Deronia Wilson. But he's got a great receiving core to go along with him. You're going to be one of the guys in charge of guarding against Deronia Wilson and Fred Ross. What's it going to take to be able to guard them effectively? Uh, I think our size uh, is a good asset. Obviously, uh, the Wilson guy, he's 6'5", 220, or, or whatever he is. Uh, he's, a, he's a big threat. Uh, Fred Ross plays more in the slot you know, from the games that we scouted. But, um, you know, playing on the outside, being able to match up against those big guys and, and go up and get the ball, that's I think is going to be a big asset for us. Um, as far as as far as Dak Prescott, you know, um, the linebackers and the line are really going to have to uh, play in their gap. And I know, you know, guys like Mike Rose and Bradley Chubb, I know they're going to do a great job of that, playing in their gaps and for that read option. Um, so, you know, I think I think we match up with. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. That'll make passing very difficult. But if the ball does go through the air, how important is it going to be to generate turnovers? Uh, very important. Um, the turnover margin is going to be a big, uh, big part of this game. Um, I think the last five games we've done a great job of that, getting turnovers. Um, you know, some getting turnovers this game, getting the ball back into Jacoby's hands and our offense, our high power offense, uh, letting them go score. That'll be a, that'll be a great deal for us. And finally, facing off against some of the better quarterbacks in the ACC, Deshaun Watson, a Heisman finalist, Sean. McGuire, Everett Golson at Florida State. Where does Dak Prescott rank against the quarterbacks that you faced off against the season? Yeah, I think he's right in there with those guys. Um, you know, I, I think we played just as good quarterbacks. Um, yeah, like like you just said, I think we're prepared for it. I don't think you know it's 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 a it's a huge gap that you know we're we're having to play up to. I think we play guys like that. We know we know what we're gonna get. Um, I think we just gotta come prepared and and, and understand that you know we've seen this before. And we just gotta get after it. All right. We just got to go out there and get after it. 
I, I completely agree. I think that's one of the best things that you could have possibly looked to have heard from Justin Burris is we know what we're going to get. We know what's going to be coming our way. And and indeed they do because they have played quarterbacks that are dual threats. They played Deshaun Watson. They played Marquise Williams. And while Dak Prescott is just as good as those guys, I mean, this is nothing new. The problem is, and I think this is what everybody in Wolfpack Nation wonders, is you still lost to those guys, and Mm -hmm. you still lost to a guy who is a dual threat, but on the much, much lower, further end of that spectrum in Reggie Bonifon with Louisville back in Week 5. That's a concern because NC State has not handled dual threat quarterbacks well. What do they have to do to be able to handle Dak Prescott? Well, I'm going to start off by saying they've got to put those other three out of their mind. Um Honestly, one of the worst things is when you know something's coming and you know you can't stop it. That's the mo- that, That's what gets you down the most is knowing that you can't stop it. you got to turn around and say, I can stop this. Now what do i got to do to stop it? And if the Wolfpack and Doran has been slamming that into their minds over the last few weeks of, of practice and getting ready for this game, knowing exactly what they're going to see, knowing that they're going to see that Marquise Williams, that Deshaun Watson-type quarterback again, then – I think we're going to see a totally different NC State Wolfpack secondary when the Wolfpack take the field at Bank of America Stadium on Wednesday. Um, that is if if they've if they've been uh, disciplined and worked on that in these weeks and taken advantage of it. It's going to be like seeing a whole different team from one season to the next if they were disciplined and worked on it. I, I think that it could be an incredible game as long as they just go out there with that get get to it mentality, get the job done, do what I need to do, and if they can all put that together, I think it'll be an incredible night. It is highly advantageous for NC State that they have had so much preparation time, and I think that's one of the things that does help the Wolfpack more than it does the Bulldogs in this scenario. But I think the other thing that you have to look at is that both of these teams went in with the mindset that we have to prepare. And not only that, we have to prepare better than we did for our last game because rivalry week, NC State plays North Carolina, goes down 35-7 in the first quarter, and that's the football game. Mm-hmm. NC State loses. They made it respectable. They gave a very valiant effort heading back down the stretch in the final three quarters. It just wasn't enough. For Mississippi State, they had to play against Ole Miss, and the Rebels just absolutely took it to the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs went down 21 nothing in the first quarter, and from then on, it, it was done. And really, you look at this, these teams are a great matchup, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's fair enough to talk about really more like what uh, – Tavis Calhoun said, is that NC State could come into the SEC and compete. It is evenly matched, but it's so evenly matched that you wonder, are we going to find out who does what better tomorrow? Because we have spent now almost 10 minutes talking about Dak Prescott and the dual threat and the passing game. The fact of the matter is, NC State has a guy on their side, and Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. who knows how to pass, who knows how to run, mm-hmm. who is a true dual-threat quarterback. They've got a running back by committee approach. They've got a receiving core that, while is not the greatest, is improving and consistently doing so. And they've got a defense that has made plays at times and has not at others. It's almost a carbon copy of Mississippi State, just stuck a little bit further north. And now, when you look at the NC State offense, pulling away from the defensive view of things. What does the offense have to do to get by on Mississippi State? Because keep in mind, this is a Bulldogs team that went in to play against the Alabama Crimson Tide, now in the college football playoff. They went in as the number 15 team in the nation, expected to give Alabama a real run for their money after the Tide had rolled over Georgia 
it was all about stopping the run game, stopping Derrick Henry. And that's when they knew what was coming at them. Derrick Henry rushed all over him. Alabama killed the Bulldogs 31-6. And now you've got three or four different running backs, young though they may be, that NC State can use. How does Mississippi State respond to that? I don't know. I If I'm Mississippi State, uh, I've just got to prepare knowing that these NC State Wolfpack running backs are not as experienced, and you need to take advantage of that because it, it is a big thing on a player's mind. If you are those uh, DeQuay Nichols or, I mean, even Jalen Samus, as much as he's done for the Wolfpack this year, going into Bank of America Stadium. Your brother mentioned it to us earlier. Bank of America Stadium holds 25,000 more people than Carter Finley. You take that and put in even half of that more, even if it's not a sellout crowd, that's a ton of people. And as we mentioned, there is a ton of Mississippi State fans here. There's going to be a ton of cowbells, and it's going to be loud. And and these inexperienced running backs for the Wolfpack, I'm worried it's going to show. And so on the Wolfpack side, Jacoby Brissett's got to step it up. I, I've, I was really excited pre-ACC play about his play how well he did in the non-conference games and then it's just like he shut down and I don't know what it was I, I think he he was sick for the uh, University of Alabama Southern Alabama game and then it's just, just almost as if he got injured or something and, and it just kind of went downhill slowly not awful he didn't play horrible it was not a horrible season for him I loved watching him but it just seemed like he wasn't what he was last year when he was making those plays against Florida State at home when he was breaking five tackles and throwing a touchdown to you know to uh, Valdez Scantling in the end zone. He's got to step it up and, and earn his last game and go back to that dual threat that you mentioned. Like, yes, he's a, he's a great dual threat quarterback, but I don't think they've been taking advantage of that this year, especially with the injuries. I think that he needs – you don't like him, but look at the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton has stepped up this year and done what he has needed to do for his team to win games, whether it's being run the ball, which he's had to do a lot, especially the last couple of weeks of Jonathan Stewart down. So turn it back to the NC State Wolfpack. Jacoby Brissett's got to do that. I think that Jacoby needs to go out there with a goal of trying to at least rush for 25 yards. I know that's not a lot, but that that's like, you know, run a couple of read option plays and and show your team that, that you're out there to, to – pick up the big yards that you need to, just like he did towards the end of the Carolina game. He had a great run there. Well, no, the you look Carolina at his game. statistics in the Carolina game where he threw for over 200 and rushed for over 100. Are you saying that's the game that he needs to have? Exactly. That's exactly the kind of game he's going to need to have for NC State to, to win this game. I think it's going to take that. Jacoby Brissett, over 200 yards passing, and, and a good chunk of rushing yards, and then just making the right reads. And then going back to the defense for the Wolfpack, with Justin, what Justin Burst mentioned, it's going to be a, a battle of the turnovers. I'm going to call it now. I'm not going to say who's going to win this game. I'm going to say who's going to win this game is the team that wins the turnover battle. NC State's got to force some, some turnovers, be it interceptions, be it fumbles, and they've got to hold on to the ball, especially if it's muddy and messy. They've got to hold on to the ball. Dequay Nichols, Jalen Samuels, whoever's running the ball for the Wolfpack tomorrow, and then Jacoby Brissett's got to make the right reads. He made a couple of really poor choices and decisions in the first quarter of that game. One led to a, a turnover that put the Tar Heels right in scoring position, but if they can make the smart plays and cut down on the turnovers, whoever wins the turnover battle tomorrow will win this game. Well, we've heard from NC State's defense, and now we're going to hear from Mississippi State head coach Dan Mullen about what he thinks that his defense needs to do, especially if they're going to be countering the running game. And him holding the ball all the time as the primary back, you know,
you get more hits. That's oh, pardon me. That was actually Mike Rose. We will go a lot ahead and uh, cue up Dan Mullen here once we get him set back up. My apologies. That was a technical error. You know, one of the things they do is they give you a lot of different formations, a lot of different motions, and, uh, you know, so you got to do a great job of being very sound and fitting gaps the right way. You know what I mean? And uh, that's one of the challenges that they bring to the table is doing that of, of a lot of different movement motions, different eye candy going on. you got to be – you got to just trust your assignment and fit your gap. I love – I love that quote. Different eye candy going on. And Dan Mullen's absolutely right. NC State is going to give you a lot of different looks. They can run out of the shotgun. They can run out of the eye formation. They can run the ball outside off the tackles. They can run between the tackles with a gut or a dive or a slam. They have all the tools and all the arsenal of weapons in their playbook that they know how to put the ball on the ground. And Dan Mullen says quite simply, all you got to do is close up your gaps. And let's say Mississippi State is able to do that. They go back and study the film, what they did wrong against Alabama, improve that against a less effective run attack that is going to be NC State's. While still good, it's by no means a Derrick Henry look. If they're able to do that and it does fall onto the passing game, how confident are you in the fact that this may become a battle of the air? A battle of the air would be Great news for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. That's exactly where they want to be. They want to be in, a, in a, an airborne game. They want the rain to hold off and it to be a very dry and a very beautiful day in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the field conditions, you know, on the all-natural field that is Bank of America Stadium. They want dry conditions and it to be about out of the air because as much as I love Jacoby Brissett as an NC State fan, if you take Dak Prescott with his receiving core and put it up against Jacoby Brissett and his receiving core and what they've each done respectively this year and then look at the defenses and what they've done this year, I'm taking Dak Prescott all day. And I hate to say it, but it's it's going to be an ugly day if it's a dry day and if NC State's defense hasn't stepped it up. Well, here's Jacoby Brissett defending his case as being that offensive leader. You're considered one of the major keys to the offense. What is your game plan going to be once you get out on the field tomorrow? Uh, put our offense in the end zone uh, and let everything else take care of itself and just do my job and not worry about you know anything else that's going on around. And, you know, like I said, just get in the end zone. There's nothing more intimidating in college football than an SEC defense. What's your attitude going into playing against the Bulldog D? Uh, I mean, go out there and compete. Like I said, put our offense in the end zone. And, I mean, no matter who lines up against you, they're still trying to stop you. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be – I mean, it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be a walk in the park. But, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll answer the test. It's a battle of two senior quarterbacks playing their final collegiate football game. How sweet would it be to finish with a bowl victory here? Uh, it would be fun, um, you know, to get these seniors out, go to, let the seniors go out on the right, right note and, you know, just go out there and have fun. And, you know, it's, a lot, it's the last time a lot of players will be playing football ever again, and especially a lot of us playing with each other. Uh, so you hope that these relationships last longer and, and uh, you know, just make sure we go out with a, a good memory. Finally, it's one of the biggest Belk Bowl crowds in history. It's in an NFL stadium to wrap out your college career. What's it going to be like? What are the emotions going to be like with the fans and a big crowd in your final game? Uh, I don't know how it will be for them, but I'm sure for us it's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, we got to go out there and put on a show and make sure that we are uh, putting our best uh, work on film and going out with a bang. All right, thanks so much. That's Jacoby Brissett, quarterback for the NC State Wolfpack, giving his thoughts right there. And, Logan, I think he said it in his first sentence. Put the ball in the end zone. 
because this is one of those games NC State cannot afford, I think, to try to hold back the Bulldogs on defense and win a totally low-scoring game. It's not going to be 13-10 to because while I think the defense is capable of holding Dak Prescott down and I think they are capable of stifling the attack when necessary, I don't think it's realistic to think that Mississippi State is going to score less than three touchdowns. And that puts it squarely back on this NC State offense, which has been the strength all season long, so long as they're playing against a defense that they think and they have confidence that they're able to attack against. And really, is the sky the limit for this Wolfpack offense playing against the Mississippi State Bulldogs? And how much of this falls on the fact that NC State truly, in, in the most utter sense of the term, has to outscore the Bulldogs? They do have to outscore them. It's it's going to be a shootout. I I'm I I told you last. You know I just just got done saying that it's going to be a battle of turnovers. Whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win this game. You've got to take turnovers and turn the points off turnovers. Whoever wins that battle is going to win, and it's going to be a shootout. There's not it's not going to be a like you said a thirteen to ten game or or I don't remember exactly what the exact score was for the uh, Louisville game. I think it was what was it twenty to thirteen or 20 something. Twenty to thirteen, exactly. It, right. It's not going to be twenty to thirteen. Both teams, well, Mississippi State's going to score three touchdowns at least, and then most likely more. And NC State's going to need to put up at least twenty eight points to win this game. And I I say that with confidence in the offense to be able to do that if they show up and if they do what they need to do and if they run the ball as effectively as they can even yeah, with even but, with the, the lack of experience in the youth. But against an SEC defense, is a touchdown a quarter a realistic expectation, do you think? I think it is looking at the NC State offense. If, if the NC State defense can create some turnovers and give – the offense an opportunity each quarter to score. I don't see any reason why they can't go down the field and score, especially with the confidence. They have confidence. They lose confidence. I see them go out on the field, and, and I'm never like I, I, I'm not worried as a fan as to whether or not they can go down and actually score a touchdown. I was worried last year and the year before, and not really as much last year, but the year before. I, all right, oh gracious, I mean, how are we going to score? No, there's plenty of ways to score. I mean, of course they don't have the Bo Hines that they used to have, and they're missing a couple of running backs. With uh, Matt Day's out, and you know, obviously the the early loss of Shadrack Thornton, but they've they they have plenty of options and a plenty of of really untapped options. A lot of options that we saw in the Wake Forest game early when they scored so many touchdowns. They have ways to score, plenty of threats. It's almost as if they have all these these you know black horses just kind of hiding that they could go to because you know if you're looking at them, I, don't, I wouldn't even know who to look at them as their number one target if I wasn't a defense. But they have plenty of potential number one targets. I, I mean, I would love to see Bo Hines back in an NC State uniform because then that would be the number one target that I would try to shut down. And at the same time, Jacoby Brissett might be a little more worried about who to throw to because he'd probably be so focused on him. But I, I wouldn't know who to cover if I'm if I'm the Mississippi State, who, who to focus on at least. And I could see – if the NC State Wolfpack go out and are aggressive, and if the offensive coordinator is aggressive on the play calls, I don't see them having any trouble going down the field and scoring a touchdown a quarter at all. The one thing we really haven't touched on, we've talked about the offense and the defense for both of these teams. We have not talked about the special teams. Mm. And this is one of those games, as every bowl game is, that it may very well come down to a special teams Duke. play. Exactly. A, a kick return, a punt return, block field goal, block punt, you name it, whatever it may be. Kyle Bambard has been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde 
all season long. He's pulled it together down the stretch He's here. really pulled it together. He, he really has. He's sort of saved his season and really saved his job, at least in my perspective and speaking to some of the coaches. He's done exactly that by making mm-hmm. a couple of key kicks. Mississippi State has not had the best of luck on special teams unless it is returning the football. Their return game, whether it be a kick or a punt, is tremendous. If NC State is able to keep this close, if Mississippi State is able to keep this close, what is the likelihood and who has the advantage in the special teams game making a difference? Well, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not entirely positive on the special teams of Mississippi State. But looking solely at NC State's return game, the return game I'm confident in. I love seeing Naheem Hines bring back the ball out of the end zone on a kickoff. So if if Mississippi State gives him an opportunity to take one out – or a few, however many he has the opportunity to, he's going to average at least 30 yards of return, if he gets any to return. I would love to see him take one back, and I would be worried if I was Mississippi State to give him an opportunity because he, he's brought one back this year, and he almost had a second one. And then I'm, I'm, a, I'm personally a fan of Braylon Cherry returning punts. He, he took one back in the Wake Forest game for a touchdown to punt. And so NC State has a lot of, of threats and weapons in their special teams as far as returning the ball. Turning it around, punt coverage and kickoff coverage, I'm a little bit more worried about. Um, I feel like their kicker, uh, I can't remember the, for the life of me right now what his name is. but Jackson Maples. Thank you, Jackson kickoff Maples. Yeah. He, can, he can kick the ball out of Bank of America Stadium if he wants to. Sometimes I don't understand why he can't, doesn't just put it out of the end zone. I mean, he has a strong leg. And as far as Bambard, you know, I'm right there with you. I, I was questioning why halfway through the season he was still kicking, you know, off the place because I wanted to see Maples have an opportunity just because Bambar was not pleasing the NC State Wolfpack fan base because he was missing some some much needed field Well, he goals was missing kicks from 40 yards and in, and that's just never a good sign. Not a good sign at all. But they, they've stuck with him. And, and, I mean, looking at his high school numbers, they weren't incredible. So I was wondering why they brought him from all the way out in Utah. Or I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but it was West Coast. Why they brought him so far to be the NC State Wolfpack kicker. But he has shown potential, and he's really, really impressed down the stretch. And, and I'm I'm all for giving him an opportunity going forward, especially tomorrow's night's game. If it's – if it's you know three seconds left in the game, NC State's down a field goal, or they could even kick one to to win the game. If it's 45 yards short, I mean he's got a leg. I've heard he's put through like 55, 60 yarders in practice, so he can kick it. It's just whether or not he can dr- draw it in. And that's the other thing is like we mentioned earlier on the big stage. Who knows? Maybe he's better on the big stage. Maybe it, it'll take a last second field goal to put him over the top and win the belt ball his freshman year in front of 60,000, 70,000 fans at Bank of America Stadium to say, hey, you know, I'm a legitimate player on this team. Like, I can do my job and I can impact games here at NC State. I'm going to stick around and do what I need to do. The coaches have put their trust in me. The Wolfpack fan base has kind of been forced to put their trust in me. I'm going to show them why I'm the right man for the job. I think you very well covered the Kyle Bambard situation I think you very well covered NC State special teams in general because you're right. Naheem Hines and Braylon Cherry back there, dangerous weapons. I love seeing Braylon. I know I said Naheem Mm -hmm. Hines. I'm sorry I cut you. But I loved – I can't remember what game it was. I want to say it was Syracuse. Maybe it was the Carolina game. But there was a play where the team squibbed the kickoff and one of the front men for for NC State took the ball and tossed it to Cherry to which he cut it across the left side of the field and he picked up – 
30, 40 yards off that play. Well, Unfortunately, there, there was a hold. But still, I love seeing that. I love seeing Braylon Cherry touch the ball. He's not as much of a threat on the offense, it seems. It doesn't really seem like they go to him as much. But I love seeing that man touch the ball. And, and you're right. He is a dangerous weapon at receiver where, wherever you're getting in the ball. For Mississippi State, if you've got Deronia Wilson back there, still very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. And he's one of those guys that does take kickoffs and punts and returns them for magnificent yardage. They've also got a decent field goal kicker, somebody who's got a better average than Kyle Bambard. And if I look at it on paper, especially and having watched both of these teams extensively, I'm giving the special teams advantage to Mississippi State. That being said, if NC State has to play it close and they do get the ball to Kyle Bambard, you better move it in close. You better move mm-hmm. it in tight. It, the closer you can get it to 30 yards, the better. And, and I, I'm sure that sounds like the most obvious thing in the world. The closer you get the football, the, the more likely the you more are to make the kick. The more points you put on the board, if you put them more, you win that game. Well, well <laughs> right. It, it's sort of in the same vein. But this is especially ringing true for me for Kyle Bambard because he hasn't really had to kick anything long. His long is 42 yards, and that's not a far cry from what what um, Nick Sadie's long was a couple of seasons ago. But Sadie, we knew, had the possibility to kick 47, 48 like he did against Richmond to win that game in his, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it was his junior year. Sounds about right. And Bambard just hasn't proven that yet. And that's why I give the edge to Mississippi State in that category. But I think... Now that we've talked it up, now that we've analyzed this fully, if we have to get right down to it, give me two keys, one for each team, to winning this football game. Are we talking specifically just special teams, or are we talking No, just overall. Overall, overall, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, weather, turnover, you pick. One for Mississippi State, one for NC State. Well, put me on the spot there. I'll try my (laughs) best, but... Well, I'll go with Mississippi State first. Their key would be to, whether or not it's raining, find a way to put the ball in Dak Prescott's hands. I th- I think it's going it, to he's, – he's going to have to put up big numbers from the Mississippi side to win this game, the same way Jacoby Brissett's going to for NC State. It's going to be a shootout. On the NC State side, it's really just got to be the coaching and preparing for the defense. I mean, just, just to flip-flop the, the same side, like – offense of, of the Mississippi State Bulldogs and Dak Prescott to NC State's defense. If NC State defense cannot find a way to stop the Mississippi State offense, there's there's no way NC State's going to win this game. They've got to put up a few stops because it's just going to be just like the Clemson game where it's like, okay, sweet, we scored. Oh, wait, no, they scored. Well, we'll go out and score again, and then they're going to score again because we can't stop them. The big point for NC State has got to be defense because – I'm not worried about the NC State offense being able to score some points. It's got to be, can their defense put them in the position to do what they need to do to win the game? Defense wins championships. I hate saying that because I'm an all, I was an offensive player in high school. I love feeling like I was the reason that my team went undefeated in conference and won our first conference title. But defense is what wins championships. It's what you need to win the game. That's what NC State needs to be worried about tomorrow. For Mississippi State, I'm going to go with it's a given that Dak Prescott's going to play and play well that he's going to be the guy that is going to be helping his team score points. I think the key for them is focusing on their defense and making sure that, as Dan Mullen said, they're filling their gaps. They're not getting fooled by the eye candy, as Coach Mullen said. Mm -hmm. And 
if they're making stops, they're making them at times that forces NC State to punt. Because all of a sudden, Dave Doran has become a little bit of a gambler in situations just across the 50-yard line, going for it on fourth and short situations, which is critical. But if Riverboat Dave. <laughs> it's just not quite the same ring. Mm. But um, <laughs> if they're forcing NC State to punt, Deronia Wilson back to return, and if NC State's going down and sending the coverage team that hasn't been all that great, I think that gives all the advantage to Mississippi State. Before I give my key for NC State, though, I want you to hear from our final player, and that's defensive lineman Mike Rose. Back in Dak Prescott, how are you going to have to be able to contain him in a big game like this? I think me and Bradley Chubb and the rest of the D-line, you know, we got to get to the level. You know, make sure he does the scrum, because that's when he's at his best when he's on the run. But what we, ha we can't do is just sit there and let him just stand there in the pocket is the biggest part. So what we really got to do is we got to disrupt him. We got to get him on the ground, you know, get hits on him. So if he does, he's going to complete a pass. He's a good player. Last year he was up for the high, I think. So, I mean, you got to hit him. You know, if we get, the more hits we get on him, you know, the less accurate. It's going to be a little bit of wet and sloppy weather. What is the turnover battle, winning the turnover battle, what is that going to play a part in, in this game? I feel like that uh, wet and stormy weather helps to our favor. You know, I mean, their, their rushing game is not what it used to be. Uh, and so thinking about us in a situation where we're now, we have him holding the ball all the time as the primary back. You know, you get more hits. That's opportunities for us, you know, to strip the ball and, you know, kill confidence. And finally, supplementing the running game that Dak Prescott has to go along with him, what are you looking to do to stop that? I would say that, you know, you know, he does a lot of zone read, you know, read option type deals, you know, where he's reading the ends, you know, sitting on it, you know, and making him hand it off. You know, we'd rather, I mean, in some schemes we'd rather him pull it so we can hit him, but there are some schemes where we'd rather him hand it off because it's an ideal situation because there's five people over here and two people over here. Did you hear it? I think he must have said it about 20 times that interview. Hit, 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 hit. Be physical. And that goes on all fronts. The offensive line needs to be physical, making sure that they're giving Jacoby Brissett time to make his plays, making sure they're opening up run holes for whoever is going to be in the backfield carrying that football. Defensively, hit somebody. There can be no missed tackles in this football game. That's the honest truth. You miss a tackle, this is an SEC offense with SEC speed. I know the running game isn't exactly what it used to be, but trust me, it is still very, very potent when they get out in space and are able to use their speed, be it the wide receivers or be it that Prescott. If you make your hits and finish your tackles and keep gains to a minimum, NC State can have success in this football game. We know the offenses are going to score. That's a given. I think it's fair enough to say that in a way it becomes a defensive battle, not as, it, as in it's going to be low scoring. It's going to come down to who is making stops, who is able to make the plays. And for NC State, the talent level is there. The positioning is there. I think they match up very well with the Mississippi State style of offense. They've just got to execute, convert, toughness, 
physicality, almost the intangibles in football that really you don't hear a lot about. And I think that's what you heard a lot of from NC State during this media day is the fact of the matter is this is a winnable game, NC State feels like. They think that they're able to go out there and compete. Mississippi State is giving them respect. They're not taking anything for granted. And I think the way that you're able to win this football game is you quite literally knock the will to win out of the Bulldogs. And that starts from the kickoff. That starts with a big hit early on. That starts with making your tackles, with forcing the defensive plays, getting the ball back to your offense's hands. And that's what you're looking for from NC State. 35-7. to That was a score that the NC State Wolfpack fan base sat on for an entire year until unfortunately they had to play the Tar Heels again because that was what the Tar Heels were saying after one quarter of football. The difference, one year ago, NC State versus North Carolina, watching that game at home the weekend after Thanksgiving, I was laughing. It was sad. I did not enjoy watching that game, just like I'm sure even Carolina fans didn't enjoy watching the first quarter of of this year's NC State-North Carolina game. But the difference – NC State was getting to Marquise Williams, and they were doing, you know what? They were hitting him, and they were hitting him hard. He didn't look like he wanted to get up. And, and they had to take him out of the game. He was getting hit they so did hard. Take it, was, him it, was, out of the game. it was the backup coming in later. Exactly. And you turn around this year, and NC State is not hitting Marquise. It felt like there might not have even been a single sack in that game. I couldn't tell you of one. And it didn't even seem like they were rushing Marquise Williams. He, he looked like he was sitting back there on a throne just waiting for someone to get open and he could throw it to him or do whatever he wanted to as far as hand off the ball, make a read, read and run the ball. Whatever he wanted to do, he could do it this year. That's what they've got to do tomorrow against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They've got to hit Dak Prescott, and they've got to hit him hard. I mean, I'm not wishing anybody pain, but they've got to show Dak Prescott They've got to show Dan Mullen. They've got to show the Mississippi State Bulldogs and everybody around the entire country who will be watching this game that we may be an ACC school. We might be playing the SEC, who is prominently a football conference, that we can play and we can are physical and we can win this game by hitting and knocking your quarterback out of this game. Well, Logan, I think it's fair enough that we wrap up this show. We have talked about every single facet of this football game in just under an hour's time. Give me your prediction and tell me why. If NC State can make me proud and win the turnover battle, three turnovers to a maximum of two on the Wolfpack's part, I think the NC State come out of here with an incredible win. 35-28. to 28. I'll give him seven so points. A touchdown win for NC State. A touchdown State. win for that, NC that's State. That's what you're going with. I'm, I'm going to be a very biased, very bold predictor and hopefully I'll be the fool that if it happens, I can be like, I caught it. I knew it. I knew it. It wasn't even a guess. It was I knew it. But I'm going to be the, the confident predictor because I think you're going to be the realistic predictor in this situation. But that's my guess. 35 to 28, seven-point spread. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm going to say it because I think it is going to be rainy, and I think that's going to play into the Wolfpack's hands. And I think that they're going to show up because they do show up. It seems like they always show up. I don't know if it's a primetime game necessarily because it is a 3.30 start, but it's it's a national televised game. It's the Belk Bowl. They want to show the nation what the NC State football is about. And I, I am optimistic. The schedule for the Wolfpack is challenging next year, and I love that. I love that we are playing some bigger-name teams, and we're going back to – to Greenville, North Carolina, to play the the Pirates. They might be coming to, to NC State, but I know no, we no, are. no, that is in Greenville. That is in Greenville. So, I mean, yeah, that's not the biggest game ever, but it's still Pirates, and they've been on the rise. And I love that we're playing them again. So, NC State, Jacoby Brissett's going to go out with a bang. He's going to take a win into the NFL late, late round still, and NC State's going to get the win. 
interesting prediction. You you are right. I will be the realistic predictor in this one. I want to go back to 1995. Do you know what happened in 1995? I believe the NC State Wolfpack blew out the the Bulldogs. Was it the Peach Bowl? It was the Peach Bowl. It was not a blowout. It was a victory for the Wolfpack. Carl Reeve was the defensive MVP. I don't know if anybody that listens to this podcast would know who Carl Reeves is. I don't know who Carl Reeves is. I mean, it's outstanding defensive player now is a car dealer. <laughs> In Raleigh still, believe it or not. He stands on his head defensively. You get a full team effort, and NC State upsets number 23, Mississippi State. There's so many parallels going from that Wolfpack team versus the Bulldogs team to this Wolfpack team versus this Bulldogs team. The difference is, I think when you look at this game, Dak Prescott and Jacoby Brissett cancel each other out, in my opinion. If they both play terribly, if they both play outstandingly, they cancel each other out. Dak Prescott has more weapons, better weapons, older weapons at his disposal. He's played in a more challenging conference against a more challenging schedule. We also mentioned, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, and I heard this today during the media day, this senior class for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, including Dak Prescott, is the highest scoring class in Mississippi State All-time history. All-time winning is senior class. Winning is, sorry, yeah, winning is. And high, no, highest scoring is correct mm-hmm. as well, and they've gotten the most win- You're absolutely right. It's incredible, incredible senior class. I think it's going to be very tough to beat that. Granted, if you look at NC State's record in bowl games, last year, St. Petersburg Bowl, win. The last time they were in a bowl game before that was the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. 2012? 2012. Lost that game to Vanderbilt. The year before, Belk Bowl, win. Champ Sports Bowl, win. To go back to their last bowl loss, aside from the 2012 fluke, if you will, you've got to go all the way back into the 2000, late 2000s, 2008, 2009, that realm when they lost in the PapaJohns.com Bowl to Rutgers. I mean, this is a team that has beaten West Virginia, that has beaten Louisville, that has beaten Central Florida in bowl games. And those aren't teams to sneeze at, especially when you consider going back to Russell Wilson's final season, NC State was about three inches away from going to an ACC championship game. Mm-hmm. NC State comes to play in the big games. They have given a good run against Clemson and Florida State and North Carolina. But the pattern still remains. No matter how good the effort for Dave Doran, it just hasn't quite been there. I think this NC State team is going to surprise a lot of people. They're going to put themselves on the map. The next time they will play Mississippi State is in 2020 and 2021 in a home-and-home series against the Bulldogs that has already been scheduled. I think this will be a message game that NC State is not a program that you want to take lightly. That being said, I think Mississippi State wins this football game tight. I think they will take this one 31-27. I think Kyle Bambard comes on and makes a couple of key field goals in some key moments, but at the end of the day, I think Dak Prescott and his weapons are just too much. That is going to wrap it up here from Charlotte, North Carolina. But, Logan, before we go, I do have to say this on air, as I've been waiting just, to say. Just prepare yourself as, for whatever as, my as reaction I, as is. I, as I have said, finally, the Carolina Panthers, undefeated no more, as my Atlanta Falcons dethroned them. 20 to 13. Let me let let me go ahead and give you a response for you for the sake of time. 
yesterday, but they're the NFC South champions for the third time in a row. They're going to the playoffs. Still the best record in the NFL. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Because you're absolutely right. But the fact of the matter is we picked the Panthers games, and I have picked against them. I have picked them. And finally, finally, sweet justice is served that my Atlanta Falcons once again force a series split against the Carolina Panthers and how appropriate that the week the Panthers go down, I can wear all of my red and black and still be in fashion right here at Bank of America Stadium. Fair, I, love, I, love, I love you, brother. <laughs> I, will, I will take that. And I'm, I'm going to say I, I called it. I said I, I guessed that, wrong. That is true. I said that the Falcons would beat the Panthers in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. Thank goodness I was wrong. I didn't want to be right about that. But I was right in that the if the Panthers lose, they would have lost to the Falcons. Now they're about to beat the living crap out of the Buccaneers. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the podcast. But it's going to be an ugly Sunday here in Bank of America Stadium if, if I'm the Buccaneers. Um, but I'm honestly grateful because I don't think the Panthers stood a chance of winning the Super Bowl undefeated, and I think they stand a much better chance winning it with one loss than with no losses. Well, Logan, so thank I th- you. I, I, everybody, and th- I will go on record as saying this, now that the Panthers have lost, look out. There's no more streak for perfection. The monkey is off their back. If they stay focused and stay healthy, this could be a very dangerous team going into the postseason. But – For now, Charlotte, when it comes to football, normally a town of black and blue, at least for tomorrow, will be nothing but red, black, and white as both teams are wearing shades of those colors. And we hope that you will stay tuned right here to all of our social media channels. We thank you for joining us for The Howler. Wolfpack Now will be live from Bank of America Stadium tomorrow. Logan Sims will be the host. And, of course, the takeaway will be posted immediately following the game. For Logan Sims, I'm Drew Blevins. Thanks again for watching The Howler. Chris Lehman will be back on air with us next week. We hope you will join us then from Charlotte. So long from the Belk Bowl. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of Wolfpack Sports Television. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.